0: Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness podcast. They
1: talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, they talking all of this Hello everybody and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. After a two-week hiatus, I am your host once again, Ron Pashery. Huge thank you to Mr. Wednesday Night Live. We call him Alo, the ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd, for filling in wonderfully the last two weeks. Alo, it is good to see you again. It is good to be sitting here with you once again. Thank you for uh, taking on the hosting duties. I hope you had fun. Uh, and like I said, it's good to be back. How have you How have you been?
0: It is. It is. <laughs> you, you, you look. You look well. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, it's better than it Look like you. Look like you shed a few pa- few more pounds. Actually, <laughs> uh,
1: it's weird. I'm I'm like fluctuating between like 177 to 183 and i don't i don't know what i am right now but uh it's kind of amazing how long i've been right around 180 like i cuz i've been worried <laughs> about like getting into the holidays like oh i don't want to start gaining weight again but i'm like i pretty much have been a right around 180 since july so it's like well it's been a pretty long time that i've been around this weight so i i should stop being like afraid of gaining weight cuz even if i do gain a few pounds Like, even if I got to, like, 190, that's still so much further down than where I was before. Um, And the beard is, like, coming back. I'm trying not to let it just get big. Yes. I'm trying to, like, style it a little more. So I'm going, like, more heavy in the chin Mm -hmm. and, like, trying to fade it out. Actually, Mm -hmm. I think my beard styling right now is very influenced by, by Malcolm Jenkins of the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know. I don't know if you could see <laughs> it right now, beer. but that's that's kind of what where where I'm aiming for right now. I see it. <laughs> um, so we were going to do our award show this week, but we kind of decided we shouldn't be giving out awards with just the two of us deciding them. It's because there are more opinions on this show than just yours and mine. So we're going to delay it till next week. Uh, hopefully, it'll be available. You know at the the scheduled weekly time next Thursday. Maybe you'll even get it a little early, depending on how schedules work out. But you told me you had no desire to talk about, like, weekly product this week. And it just made me think about a couple things. First thing is you are, you have been in the entire history of this show the most, like, optimistic and the most positive among us. And... I'm interested because it seems like this is the first time that you have been like this negative and this disinterested. So first thing I'll just ask simple. Yes or no. Is that true? Yes. The most disinterested you've been in the time we've done Matt madness. Yes. Definitely. Because it definitely seems that way. So I'm glad that that's true. And secondly, we just had the last pay-per-view of the decade and it seems to me now again, I, I I try to like realize that because I've been in the headspace I've been in for a while, that a lot of stuff I'm disinterested in doesn't necessarily mean that it's like the popular opinion. And but to me, it seems like nobody gives a shit. Like gave a shit about this pay per view. It seemed like there was not much interest going no. into it. It seems like there wasn't much inter- interest coming out of it. Uh, is it? So that's my other thing. First of all, is that true? That nobody cared about the last pay-per-view of the decade? It seemed like WWE didn't even care about it. And the
0: thing is, uh, that's the thing. Um, It was strange because there was a report going around saying that Vince didn't want to announce matches because the numbers show that the later you announce matches the more subscribers the network gets. So they have that information. I don't, so I can't argue that. So that's fine. But even when we went over the card last week's show, we were like, there's only this, this amount of matches and they didn't really add anything else to. So, and we were completely kind of surprised about that. And it was just in like, even watching it, I was just like, this is it. And like, they kind of, they, they dropped the line of this, the last pay-per-view of the decade. They, they kept dropping that line. Throughout the night on Sunday, but it was just this. This doesn't feel anything special. Now, granted, I said Roman Reigns and uh, Baron Corbin were main event. They did it main event, but they ended the show. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that somewhat counts. But uh, like the whole spirit into the into the crowd everybody that was cool of course it was cool but yeah
1: i actually just, that was one of the only images i saw from the pay-per-view on social media and i i did pop for it i was like oh that's pretty pretty awesome cuz i've never seen that before that i could remember and you obviously know how i feel about about the king the real king king corbin like one <laughs> one of my yes. one of my favorite guilty pleasures in wrestling but yeah so you So, okay, so you didn't have a lot of interest going into it. Like you said, there wasn't a lot of interest coming out of it. Felt like nothing special. Was it enjoyable to watch at least? Like, to what degree was it enjoyable to watch? Or maybe even give me your rating. (laughs)
0: Uh, If I had to give it a rating, you know I don't like to give out jobbers often, Mm -hmm. so I'll just give it a low slobber knocker because, like I said, the whole – it was seven matches, fine. Like they were build they had like other things they were building towards on the weekly shows. Like uh I'm not sure if you heard but Lacey Evans is a face now.
1: I and did she's not hear
0: a feud against Sasha and Bailey. So I thought we Yeah, so I thought we were gonna get that. Uh I thought we were gonna get AJ and Randy, but we ended up getting out on Raw. Also, my biggest letdown disappointment was the fact that the Vikings Raiders had an open challenge and it was responded by uh, gals and Anderson. And I, th- I thought it would be AOP because they spent weeks building toward this whole AOP Rollins thing. And, and the thing that you're building toward the most on Raw really isn't on the show or really even spoke about on the show. And I thought that was like a major flaw in the show because of that. If you want to push something forward, that was the time to actually push it forward and make it feel important even if the match like ended in disqualification or something. Now, they rectified that on RAW by having Rollins have Rey Mysterio and now I'm not sure, well, the RAW was taped at um this past Monday night oh, after yeah, they
1: did like the, the double The RAW went off of air. They did like a double show, right? Last Monday. Yeah. Or this Monday, I guess.
0: Yeah, they they, they did. Yeah, they did. So I'm sure people saw what happened, but Spoiler-free, Seth's going to face mm-hmm. um, Ray on Monday for the U.S. title. And, like, they did a good job. Like, I, I just wish that happened on Sunday because I thought that would add, that would have added a lot more to the show. But it was just a lot of things that I thought the show could have been added to make it better. But nothing happened. It is They just kept the show how it was. So,
1: okay. not Not much of a build. Clearly not a good show. I assume Raw... Also not great based on the fact that you said you didn't want to talk about the weekly stuff. It is reflected once again in the ratings as I believe I saw Raw had, if it wasn't the lowest, I think it was the second lowest non-holiday rating they've ever had, 2.05 million viewers. Uh, SmackDown on Friday only got 2.34 million. I believe that was their lowest or second lowest rating since moving to Fox. Then even the Wednesday night ratings, NXT had their biggest victory against AEW so far. They beat them by uh, like 112,000 viewers. AEW got their second lowest rating, and even NXT's rating was not particularly great, still under 800,000. So your disinterest right now is not solely WWE. Is it just kind of wrestling as a whole?
0: Yeah, because remember how... If you think, even if you go back to the episodes like leading towards like the debut of AEW, and even the summer, because I thought WWE had a great summer. I, me and Eric were at Extreme Rules live. We enjoyed that. Uh, I, I was pretty high on Summerslam, and on, on during the summer it was the build towards AEW. We had those three shows in June, J- in uh, May, uh, July, and August, and we were just so excited. And I know it's not fair to say. Like, I, I'll just say NXT is better than AEW, but it's not a fair comparison. So, especially Survivor Series that d- did a lot for NXT for me. It makes me want to tune into NXT even more. And me and you are in the same boat about AEW. About we need more than the wrestling and the wrestle The in ring product isn't, oh, well, isn't everything for me and you. Like we need the extra stuff, and that's right. what WWE comes into. Like with the whole sports entertainment aspect and i talked about last week with the guys the first real kind of different thing they're doing uh have you seen the brandy Rhodes nightmare thing
1: i'm like aware of it but i have not watched anything
0: yeah so brandy brandy Rhodes, she's kind of trying to recruit people into 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 her, her group and like doing the whole punk thing of like shaving the women's heads yeah and stuff and it's like the first thing, different thing that they're doing, and it, it had like this dark setup last week on the show. It, it, it looked like it was Dustin Rhodes who was involved in the in the in the backstage segment because it was, but they didn't show his face. It was just the back of a head, so he might he might just been acting as acting as a prop. But like even though people that they like trotted out there, like um the but like Allie, they have her as the bunny. And she's as Braxton Sutter and somebody else, and, and a tag team. Not for me. Um, <laughs> I do love the Bucks and Kenny and and Cody and them, but it's just like I I know them from uh, being the elite and everything they did before AEW actually started, and I do enjoy them, but I I enjoy them the least out of everybody in our circle. But I got to tell you this right now. As much as I despise Sammy Guevara, Hmm. Jericho putting putting over that he's sexy is the most (laughs) amazing thing on television.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if anyone is going to get it over, it is Jericho. Because he he has almost a perfect uh, track record in the last four years. (laughs) Almost. I'm trying to think uh, if he's missed on anything.
0: I think he was facing Luchasaurus and he's just putting over Sammy Guevara. I'm like, hey, what are you look, look at him, he's Sammy Guevara. He's young, he's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> this is all on commentary. And I think it's the funniest thing. It's so good. It but is. Like, like we already we we already know what we, we already we are always know what we want to get out of Jericho and the inner circle. We we understand that MJF's a gem. Uh John Moxley's still getting started. And we talked about this before. The elite guys—they're not really putting themselves over and putting themselves in, in higher positions. But I just need a little bit. I just—I just want a lot of the other stuff because, like these guys, they do it on—they did on being elite all the time. I just want a little bit more than just wrestling and that's my disconnect from AEW. but also what survivor series that shot nxt up and that put nxt on a higher level i i felt i didn't see nxt this week but i know we have a new nxt women's champion rhea ripley is also a breakout starter year nominee i think she's been fantastic and the little things nxt did to actually put more eyes on a product it has worked in the last few weeks is wasn't there a tie in the last three weeks in the ratings because we haven't
1: I want to say that NXT beat them a few weeks ago. So I remember yeah, I think it's 1-1 and 1. Yeah, like let's see or when two, that one, and was. One. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. I thought there was a week that that uh NXT beat them. But regardless, yeah, they tied last week at 778,000 viewers each. And then NXT won this week. So we we had talked about it that we thought the the plan for Survivor Series ultimately was about Boosting NXT. Like to make them more of more of a formidable opponent for AEW on Wednesday nights. Like that was their goal. And clearly it worked because their ratings have bounced up. It is sort of I don't know if it's stalled out AEW. I don't know why AEW's numbers have kind of gone down. Um, but this was something that I was looking forward to. I told you the whole the only thing I cared about with Survivor Series was NXT to come out and when we wake up on Monday morning, NXT feels like a bigger deal than it was going in. And they did that. Now, unfortunately, I haven't really been able to to like watch. I haven't been able to make the time. But what I will tell you is I'm actually curious like, I want to know what's happening on NXT now. I want to know what's happening on AEW now. And, I, like, a month ago, I really didn't care either way on either show. I pretty much am completely just disregarding Mondays and Fridays. I, I couldn't care less, and I don't know if I ever will again. But Wednesdays, I'm very interested in because of the idea of competition and because I think NXT is starting to give like, give us or give like the regular viewers... Reasons to tune in. Like how many – this is something we talked about the last time I was on, how you can't trust WWE with anything. Somebody gets on a roll for a few weeks, and then they find a way to make you not care about it anymore. And it seems like NXT finds a way to like capitalize on someone getting momentum, like Rhea Ripley, a perfect perfect example – she built up momentum for like the last year really like in a kind of a smaller way and now she just dethroned who's arguably the most dominant women's champion in NXT history like that's a big deal because now people watching NXT know if i'm watching this story develop i will watch it go somewhere not just watch it like disappear in 3 weeks uh we've seen that with uh obviously like undisputed era those guys have like would you agree? Pr- have pretty much run roughshod over NXT since they became a faction, yeah. um, and the people that love NXT yeah. and love those guys are happy with that development. Uh, I, I th- even like so. Actually, now I have a question: the, Has the Velveteen Dream done anything that has been like of note recently? I feel like I haven't heard anything about him.
0: He's. Has- he hasn't been on TV. I'm not sure if he's hurt, but he hasn't been on TV, so yeah, he must be
1: hurt. That's what I was wondering, if he had an injury or something, because I haven't heard anything about him. But, like, yeah, we've seen it with tag teams. We've seen it in the women's division. Like, we, we've definitely seen them capitalize on when somebody builds momentum, they find a way to make it mean something. Uh, and WWE is notorious for not doing that. Now, my question with AEW is, And obviously neither one of us will know the answer to this, but I'm curious what your opinion is. Do you think them trying to be just not WWE is hurting them? Like, I feel like they almost maybe don't want to do the sports entertainment stuff because they just want to be different from WWE. Do you think that is a mistake? And do you think that that's something they're doing on purpose? Or do you think they just kind of haven't gotten moving yet in that direction
0: well i think i I think they're doing they're doing they're not and i don't think they kind of want to move in that direction because if you notice their format the ones that can talk they're out there talking jericho's always going to talk mjf is always going to talk mox is always going to talk and cody's always going to talk so the guys that are comfortable in those settings they're always going to be speaking and cutting promos and I, I, I don't want AEW doing like, I understand it's income, but like all the extra stuff WWE is, does, like I don't want to, like the whole AEW with doing like uh, Susan G. Coleman ads in the ring and stuff like that. Yeah, it, the cringeworthy stuff that, that WWE does, I don't, AEW is not doing that, even though it's a whole other source of income for WWE. And it's like, it's not the, like the things that those guys do is sports entertainment but it's just a fact that the character the other characters on the show aren't still established all the way we're still getting new characters for example uh the night uh, brandy Rhodes group they're trying to recruit chris statlander formerly of a uh, kurt hawkins creator pro they're trying to like kind of recruit her and that's a storyline that's actually going is like brandy rose trying to recruit members into her group and like uh Jericho trying to recruit Moxley into the inner circle, like those are sports entertainment things. But one of their bigger problems is, is we, we're still learning new characters every single week, and the new characters they need, like the vignettes, they need to the talk and things like that for people to actually like them. Now, for example, the uh, Ali with Braxton Sutter and his tag team partner it's just like they came out of nowhere. Like I like Ali, Braxton Sutter, I don't care for, but. You got you got to see more out of them to actually like them, and and, and stuff th- like the vignettes and the promos that makes the pe- the characters way more relatable. But right. I can't really relate to all these people.
1: Yeah, so I think I need to like maybe it'll be a New Year's resolution. Um, that I have maybe for like the month of January or something. Maybe maybe that's what I'm gonna do right now. I'm gonna make an early New Year's resolution that every Wednesday in January, I'm going to watch live. And I'll go back and forth, you know, because I feel like, one, if if my one of my goals was to see competition on Wednesday night and see Wednesday nights become like the night in pro wrestling, I feel like I should be one of the people that's paying attention to it, and I haven't been. And two, <laughs> I actually am curious if... I would like NXT or if it still is just, like, the uh, indie, like, smart fan base that would like it. Like, AEW, obviously, I have Jericho that I could always rely on that's going to entertain me. Uh, we have Cody and the Elite, and obviously, it's still, like, the the new program. Like, hasn't to me, it hasn't, like, lost its its luster as being something new. Like, I really want to see it do well still. So i'm actually writing this down now early new year's resolution watch wednesdays live for january did you watch either show this week no just out of like i
0: didn't get get a chance to watch it okay okay
1: do you think that you do you feel like you missed anything but like you're here sitting here on Thursday do you feel like they're like oh I missed out on something
0: Well, I feel I missed out on the rear Ripley title win because I, I believe they may event it because Balor and Cole opened the show and actually both te- both shows were doing commercial free for 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 a bit in the night so they were kind of going head to head yeah. for the last show before Christmas but I, I wanted I wanted to see that um Bal- Balor and Cole I thought it have actually been cool Finn Balor apparently has a, some somewhat some one of a new entrance so I want want to see what that looked like so I think I kind of missed out on that but the whole a and W thing like I understand like I'm not taking anything away from the end ring works I think the end ring work has been excellent the co- like the young bucks and Santana ortiz had a great match last week in in the street fight but it's just like I still, le- I still kind of lean towards NXT, and like I said at the top of the show, it's, it's a lot of it is because of what happened at Survivor Series. So WWE kind of hooked me on that part,
1: right? Like they did something that captured your attention, and to me, one of my fears with AEW from the beginning was how long can just not being WWE last? Like you have to eventually be something other than just not. Monday nights or just not Friday nights or just not Vince McMahon you eventually have to be your own thing you have to have your own identity i don't know if they have their own identity yet like i don't know like when you watched raw and i hate to do this i hate to be that guy but like you knew what you were watching like when you tuned in to to monday night raw in like 1998 you knew what you were getting like you knew you were getting stone cold you knew you were getting like programming that was like a little bit edgy and like pushing the envelope and sometimes they might go too far and it was like all over the top but you knew you were getting even nitro which i hated you knew what you were getting you were kind of getting all of these like big names from the past you knew that you were getting the nwo and you knew you were seeing like (laughs) half of the roster or almost the whole roster ending up in some nwo faction you know at some point or another I don't know if AEW has an identity yet where, like, you know, I'm going to tune in on Wednesday night and I'm going to see this, other than you know, you're going to get Chris Jericho. Mm -hmm. I wonder what, because are they even like necessarily like catering to like the hardcore wrestling fan? Like, if you love in ring work, are you are you truly getting the absolute best in ring work if you are watching AEW every week? Because I don't know. Oh yeah. I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely are. are. You like is it better than what you are getting on NXT?
0: Well, th- th- this 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 adds to this goes hand in hand with the problem that we have. NXT is established, so when I am watching something on NXT, I understand what everything that's going on. AEW, it's like for example, uh, we'll go back to the Rio. Nyla Rose match. It's like, mm-hmm. we know Rio from the battle Royal when she won the battle Royal and she became a more contender. And the investment we had in that match in the beginning was so low that they actually hooked us in and it actually turned out to be actually a really good match. And as the, the, the AEW, their characters, they have to get more time on TV and establish something other than just being pranced out there. Cause a lot of times it's just, somebody new or somebody we've seen a few weeks, but know nothing about them and okay. They're good, but what else? And that's eight. A- that's the AEW's problem. A lot of times. Like, I like Britt Baker. Y- you think she sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever, but get, but get, give her some, give her something more jungle, like jungle express. Love them to death. Jungle Boy. <laughs> love them. Give get, get them a little bit more. Marco stunt. They could be having so much more things, doing so much more things with these guys like like the whole sports entertainment aspect of it but things like that make make you like people
1: right and that like to me that is most of the battle is you have to make people want to watch you and that that's kind of like my feeling on why the matches aren't necessarily going to be the selling point for me is because there is no one doing anything anywhere in the world that i haven't already seen like, anyone who wants to talk about, like, Will Osprey, I feel like if I've seen one Will Osprey match, I've seen every Will Will Ospreay match. Uh, and like, I don't think he's having a match yeah. that I haven't already seen him do. Even even Big Match Ken. Like, what match is he having that we kind <laughs> of haven't already seen him have? Who Who is doing anything we haven't already seen? That's why the characters matter. That's why the storylines matter. That's why the entertainment matters, because you have to give me a reason to want to watch something that I feel like I've probably already seen. And I, like, I don't feel like I have been getting that anywhere. But hopefully, when I start tuning in to Wednesday nights in January, I'll feel a little differently. Because admittedly, I am being a little bit of a hypocrite the last couple of months because I can't sit here and not watch any of it and then complain about it not being good <laughs> enough because I'm not giving it, a, giving it an opportunity to catch me. Like, if I don't watch AEW on Wednesday nights it's never going to hook me in because I'm not giving it a chance to. If I don't watch NXT, I'm never going to get invested in it because I'm not giving it an opportunity to. So I feel like, I said this maybe a month ago, that like I'm open to something catching my interest. I'm open to something making me care, but I haven't like actually taken the steps to let anything do that. So what would it take for you? I think Ek, Ek asked me this question, or maybe it was even a listener question one week. Like, what would it take for me to start getting back into WWE again? I'm going to ask you a little bit different version of this question. What is What is what? What is something or what are a few things or, or however you want to answer this that will, like, get you passionate about watching wrestling again? Like, what will it take to to get you where you were a couple years ago about wrestling?
0: Oh, well, this kind of goes hand in hand with what you said. Is about – you said – and Jr. talked about this a few weeks ago on his show. Like, even though like the wrestling styles change, so like for the first time, we saw for example, it was amazing. And Ricochet is probably the best high, debatably the best high flyer that we have in the world today. But the thing is, in the la- over the last four or five years, that style has become generic. So it's not special anymore. And so it's like when I'm so, so so when I'm watching these shows, the pop isn't there anymore because I've we, we've seen this numerous times. We we see it with all the characters from Ra, from Rollins, uh, if Roman does something incredible, uh, Andrade, all the top, AJ, it's the same. It's generic now. Is it amazing? Absolutely, but it, we just see it on a weekly basis in every wrestling promotion that there is. So wrestling has kind of. I don't know how, but at a certain point, it has to change and evolve again. <laughs> but, but now, I don't—I I don't know what how else could, could the style actually evolve because these moves and things people are doing is are incredible. But for me, WWE-wise, it's just—I like, like, I always love the sports entertainment thing, but it's like kind of let your best sports entertainers be sports entertainers. Co- and to plug another show, Corey Graves on his show, which is excellent, mm-hmm. by the way. I'm sure it is. discussed about the women's revolution. Yeah. Talking about the women's revolution. He loves the four horsewomen, but he wants more than Becky, Sasha, Charlotte, and Bailey. And I want that, too. Is that because he, he, wants, Limorgan, he wants it for Carmella? Uh, that, too. <laughs> um, he, I, I want that, too. But... <laughs> It's like, live, like Carmel. Former, uh, Carmel's a former champion, and when's the last time she actually did something important? And we see the base, like, like I said, we love the four horsemen, but we always see them in the forefront of everything when it comes to the women's division. And of course, it's going to get redundant and we get tired of it. And we all we're always going to praise, we're always going to preach for difference, di- for something to be different. But I just want to see different in WWE. There's no like. Conrad made this joke. (laughs) So him and JR are reviewing TLC 2009, and he read the card. And almost everybody on that card is in the the company still facing each other today.
1: So that was one of the very few notes that I had. And actually, I wish I had looked at my notes, because one of the reasons I wanted to bring up the idea of the last pay-per-view of the decade is because... So many of the guys who are prominent at the end of this decade going into a new decade were big two decades ago. So it's like we've seen so many of these guys, but continue with what you were saying. So he's pointing out the card. Like who are some of the names that he pointed out on that card?
0: Give me one second, cause give me one second. Oh, for example, John Morrison. He's he's he, he's uh, resigned with right. the company. <laughs> he fought Drew McIntyre. Well, he fought Drew Galloway at yeah. TLC two hundred nine yes. for the IC title. Um, what else happened? Uh, yeah, um, Mickey James still with the company. Sheamus is still around. Um, Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton they're still around. Homage is still around. Jericho is not in the company anymore, but it's just. It's the same st- – it's almost <laughs> identical to what was going on 10 years ago. We have – yeah, how Randy many times to still in a big Eric spot. Eric said the same –
1: Rey Mysterio is holding a title right now, right? Or did he lose it again?
0: Yeah, he still has it.
1: Brock Lesnar, like <laughs>
0: – Yeah, nothing. nothing's different. <laughs> like he made the joke about it, but I'm like, yeah, that, that's really honestly true. Yeah. Nothing really has changed because Eric talked about this with Reigns and Corbin. Corbin's been in the main roster for three and a half, four years, and how many times have we seen him face Roman at this point?
1: Yeah, like I remember a couple of years ago talking about like Corbin. I think we Roman had a match with Corbin on Raw, and I likened it to like when Austin would get a match with like the Big Boss Man. Where it was a guy that you knew was not going to beat Austin, but he was kind of just enough of a threat where, like, it mattered that he beat him. Um, Yeah, they've had so many matches. And Corbin, I mean, honestly, I I really believe in, like, 2018 and 2019, I don't know that there are even five people that spent more time on TV than Baron Corbin. (laughs) Between his time as, like, the constable and, like whether he was acting as GM or whatever, like, he has spent maybe more time on TV than anyone else in the company. Like, more than Seth, more than Roman, like, Corbin has spent all that time on TV. I don't know why. Uh, And again, I I like Corbin more than most. (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know how he became the guy that is spending all that time on TV. I don't know who it is that was like, yes, we need more of this guy. But it is true. Like, that is... To 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 paraphrase one of uh, his greatest rivals, it's true. Like, it definitely <laughs> is a fact that he has spent an enormous amount of time on television. Um, and now I'm just kind of thinking back on recent memory. Like, I haven't been actually watching the show. I think the last time I watched an entire episode of WWE was Thanksgiving week last year. I think I watched SmackDown on Tuesday night. And then I think after Thanksgiving, I just like you know what I'm done. I'll I'll be a YouTube watcher like they want. I'll, I'll watch the clips I see on social media and I'll watch the the clips on YouTube and I won't watch anything else. But during like that time when I st- start started to sort of disengage, things I've been excited about. Obviously, the man was one thing that I was super excited about and was really into. The the Kofi Kingston title run well, like, Journey for the title and title run were one of the things I was super interested in. 24-7 Championship, something I was super interested in. The Fiend, something I was super interested in. Not one of those things am I still excited about anymore. And some of those things I really was only excited about, like, three or four months ago, and I already could care less. Like, The Fiend, am I alone in just, like, it doesn't even matter to me anymore?
0: I I want you to stop right there now. Have you seen anything he's done with The Miz?
1: Mm-mm. The, the only thing I know that has oh. happened is that he actually wrestled a match as Bray.
0: Oh, okay. So basically a couple weeks ago on SmackDown, he was basically inviting The Miz out to play. And then he pu- he pulled up a picture of Miz, Maurice and the daughters up in the funhouse. And Ms. calls Maurice panicking, so he's on his way home. And then fast forward to last week's episode, they actually integrated Maurice at their house. Really? And they sold Monroe... Yeah, and they showed Monroe playing with one of the dolls in Br- Bray's Funhouse, and they snatched it out of her hand.
1: Like so one of the puppets? So,
0: like, I, I, I champion... Yeah, playing the puppet, yeah. So I championed this last week because... I watch Ms. and Mrs. And Ms. as a family man, I could sell it. I I could buy it. <laughs> right. And the fact that he has Monroe on TV, I can buy it because she's already a reality TV star. Yeah. So I actually bought I could buy into all that. And like like you talked about Bray being a cult leader for kids. Like him just like messing around with Monroe just is perfect because yeah. she's one of the few like toddlers toddlers in wwe so i was like this is actually perfect and this is the perfect foil for for bray wyatt
1: so you're saying now that what they did here has kind of sparked your interest for him again
0: yeah for that i'm not sure this is completely over because uh the return daniel bryan happened uh he has a haircut and shaved
1: i saw so so, uh
0: yeah, so he's So he's coming back. I'm not sure what's going to happen with X and SmackDown's tomorrow. I'm not sure if the Miz thing is is done, but I'm I was really intrigued by that whole Miz storyline angle because it fit perfectly for what the Funhouse was supposed to be.
1: Yeah, to me, like that is taking a step back in the right direction. Where when the Funhouse started, we had all these ideas of. Like, what is this? What could this be? What are we watching? Like, what does any of this mean? And we had that one week where I had, like, all these... I forget which week it was. I had this, like, ridiculous theory about what I thought was happening. And you you and Joey both were like, oh, you're putting way too much thought into it. There's no way they're doing any of that. But, yeah, there, it was always supposed to be more than him just being a wrestler. And it seemed like... That's what they made him was just a wrestler. So hopefully that is a sign that he'll be more than that. But that so that's one thing that like I I was in love with two months ago and just completely lost interest in it. You know the man slash Becky Lynch. I mean that really just kind of ran its course because it's just been going on for so long. Uh, that's not to take anything away from her. I still think mm-hmm. she's great. I still love her. I'm like very proud of what she's accomplished and like happy that she reached the position that she had but it's like past the point of something I'm like excited about because we've seen so much of it. Uh, oh, the return of Sasha Banks, one of those things I was super excited about and then to me it kind of faded away. Do, do you think that it still has some meaning to it? Like the stuff that she's doing with Bailey, like are you still into it or is it has it just kind of fallen back into all right, this is just a thing they do.
0: I think it's kind of fallen back to a thing they do because one, I thought that they didn't benefit at all from not doing anything on Sunday with Bailey and Sasha. Even if, if even if Bailey ended up just defending the title against Lacey Evans, fine. But Lacey Evans is a face, not my cup of tea personally. I prefer her as a heel. But like Corey Graves was saying, like we need the. There's more women in the division than just the horsewomen. Like throw Carmella against against Bailey. That that's the Storyline that could be a storyline right there. Now, this their women's division on the on SmackDown is, is isn't as deep as it is on Raw or in NXT. But you have NXT to actually dig from. For example, Deanna Peraza was on Raw this past Monday night, and spoiler alert, Chelsea Greens gonna face Charlotte on Raw this Monday, the upcoming Monday night. Like you have ways to to dig into this women's division, but I kind of want more than just them. If you want to keep those keep those four integrated together, that's fine. But let's have them have some new opponents.
1: Right. Like you're not saying let's move on from the four of them. You're just saying it can be and should be more than just those four. Like there, it doesn't have to yeah. be just those four at the top all the time. Like there are other people that that we've seen grow over the last few years. Um, I'm trying to think of what I was going to ask you, and I'm trying to remember the other – Oh kofi kingston like like where is he is, is it just me or is he kind of completely out of the spotlight now
0: well they're a tag team champ they're back to being a tag team he's a tag team champions again
1: but like they were on the pre-show at the previous pay-per-view and what did they do mm-hmm. at tlc and they,
0: they opened this show they had a ladder match against revival uh, how was Which that? I assume,
1: I assume it was probably good because they're—I mean—they're two great teams that have had good matches together before.
0: Yeah, it was good. It's just the whole redundant. Like, how many times are we gonna see revival and New Day? We've seen it what? At least three times in the last five pay per views, at least. Yeah. Or um, close to that.
1: I guess where I'm at right now is, based on me being someone who. Kind of already decided. Main roster WWE is probably never going to be something I'll be interested in ever again. But I know that you have been, like, you've never strayed from it in all these years. You never took a break from it. You never took a hiatus from it. You didn't take six or seven years off. Like, you've been an avid watcher and an avid fan since you started watching it. And now I'm starting to see you feel probably how I felt about it a few different times, like back in 2007 or whatever, when I was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. I feel like the way you feel right now is similar to how I felt back then, similar to how I felt like this time last year. What I'm wondering is, is there like any specific thing you can point to like where you said, yeah, like this sucks? It Was it like someone that they kind of that built momentum that they pulled the plug on? Or is it really just that we're seeing the same thing over and over again?
0: Uh, The same thing over and over again. And the whole, like I understand the whole aspect of a push. I, I understand that. that doesn't mean strictly towards a title, which is fine. I understand that whole thing. It's about the journey a lot of the time, but Like I said, like like for example, Seth. The thing with Seth was like last year. You listen to every episode. We're championing Seth. We we want Seth to do, be beat Brock. We want Seth to do this. A few months, year, fast forward year later, we're we're all tired of him, <laughs> including the internet, including the internet. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're definitely not the only ones. That. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing. But I but I'll give it to, I'll give it to Seth. Even though we got tired of him. He's had a lot of great performances in, in the year that actually makes you be like, wow, this is amazing. And this is what wrestling is about, supposed to be about. For example, him versus Brock at SummerSlam. And how he got destroyed the week leading up to it and pre- prevailed in the long run, which I thought was amazing. And then you got the why is it still happening thing with Bob and Lana. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> um, so Lana told... Lana proposed to Bob to propose to her. If you mean, if you understand what I'm saying, I do. Yeah. So, on December 30th edition of Raw, they're getting man, there's going to be a wedding on Raw, and we all know how weddings on Raw go. Great. So we're going to get that, and that's just yeah. Well, like, like, there's nothing sports entertainment about Lana. No, she she, she she's terrible. I, I, like I said, like I don't know what's like I said I, I said I don't know what's more worse. Her acting or her wigs. I don't know. I don't know what's worse. <laughs> and they're still trotting this out there every single week. I feel bad for Bob. I feel bad for Rusev. And they're still like trotting this out there every week on a weekly basis. And it's one reason that do I watch the clip? Yes, because I get intrigued. But is it good? Absolutely not. But that's one thing that is it still doing huge numbers on YouTube? Steers me away. Yes.
1: Okay. <laughs> Unreal. So, so that's like another example of like you just are doing this shitty segment that you just continue to do on a weekly basis that never gets any better.
0: Yes. Yeah, and like, I don't know what the end games supposed to be because the divorce actually went through on television. So I don't know what the end game is with this. We'll, we'll probably end up, find out on Raw on the 30th when I do have the wedding. But there's nothing. There's nothing really going on. Like I just wanted to see like like I could see I could I'm able to look down the road on a storyline. Like for example, Randy and Kofi. What did it play out the way I wanted it to? No. But did it play out did things that I want happen play out in a story? Absolutely. And it was look at, looking looking f- down further ahead down the road. And that's what you have gotta do a lot of times. Because that's the storytelling is. Storytelling isn't it all in one shot. You have to have steady progression.
1: Right. There's a beginning there's a middle and there is an end there's a catalyst which is like whatever yeah. the thing that starts the story like the purpose for the story then like you eventually get led to like your climax and then your resolution so yeah you're right and i think that's something that we fall into a lot you know and honestly it's not even just about wrestling like we tend to judge things before they should be judged Uh, Like wrestling is one thing. Like You see something play out for two weeks and you're mad because this hasn't happened or that hasn't happened. It's like, well, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen yet. You look at, like, in the NBA there are plenty of times that somebody's labeled a bust after their rookie year or second year but their career doesn't end at that point. Like, I remember Chauncey Billups was viewed as a bust because for four years he wasn't that good. Then all of a sudden he's like, the leader of a championship team in Detroit. Uh, like, Brandon Ingram is a guy who a lot of people believed, like, oh, yeah, he just kind of is what he is. You know, he he didn't live up to the potential everyone thought he had as a number two pick. And now he's, now granted, that team sucks, and he's putting up big numbers on a really bad team. So I don't <laughs> know how good he really is. But, like, that dude is putting up, like, all-star caliber numbers. And people wrote him off before this year. Um I think that there are I mean people thought Peyton Manning would never win a Super Bowl and he did. Like there are things John Elway was labeled his whole career as like can't win the big one and then he wins two Super Bowls and retires. I think like we're always ready to like quote unquote write the book on something before the story's over. So you are right that like sometimes you have to take a step back and watch a story play out. Um But then there are also stories that are just bad when they start and aren't worth watching play out. And unfortunately, it sounds like one of their most prominent stories with this Lana and Bob Lashley thing is a bad story that they're just going to keep throwing out. To me, that's why they're shoving that down your throat way more than they ever shoved Roman Reigns down your throat because Roman Reigns was in that position for a reason. And Roman Reigns did have a lot of fans, Mm -hmm. whether... Whether a certain segment of the fan base supported him or not, he had a lot of fans. It doesn't seem to me, despite the viewership numbers, I have seen anyone saying that they enjoy this. You know, have you have you seen on social media anyone talking about enjoying this? Like, have you seen that anywhere? Have you heard anyone say that they like this? No. Right. So, and no. cause even with Roman, even when Roman was getting booed at the Wells Fargo Center or booed at WrestleMania... We all knew that there was a large segment of the fan base that was wearing his t-shirt or was cheering for him or, you know, was overall just a fan of his. And this is what I don't get is when something is this bad, why do they keep doing it? And then why, when something is good, will they stop doing it or will they go in a different direction? I'll never understand it. Um, So clearly you are closing out the decade at a low point in your fandom of WWE. We are, now we're doing our awards next week, and I guess we'll probably do a show again before the end of the year. But since I made my New Year's resolution for wrestling, I'm not going to ask you to make a New Year's resolution, but I'm going to ask you this question. I think this is the last thing I have for this show, and if there's anything else you want to talk about, obviously feel free. Give me something you want to see from WWE, like... When when the calendar turns over to 2020, what is something they can do that will get you to kind of like sit back in your chair and say, OK, I'm I'm ready to see where you take me? Because it sounds like you're fed up right now. What will it take for you to kind of have your interest sparked again like it used to be? <clears throat>
0: I I mainly only care about a good show (laughs) and storytelling like I don't care I always care about the in-ring work work. it's not a big deal to me I just want proper storytelling no matter who it is it it can be silly it it doesn't have to be the most serious thing in the world it doesn't have to be for the world title it doesn't have to be AJ De Niro I just want good storytelling no it doesn't have to be AJ (laughs) with boot cut jeans oh god I'm so bad that was so terrible uh First of all, our truth was a gem on Raw. I don't know if you, ever, if you haven't seen it. He was a gem on Raw. I didn't, but they I'm not dug, surprised. They dug him out. <laughs> <laughs> he was a gem. He, he's still on that John Cena's My Childhood Hero <laughs> thing, even though he's older than him. So good.
1: I, I don't want to interrupt you in the middle of this answer. So but you reminded me of something. I made the mistake. It was uh, one day, and maybe it was last Tuesday or, or something like that. I woke up in the morning before work and I'm sitting on the toilet as I usually do first thing in the morning and just scrolling through Twitter and I come across a clip of Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez discussing Raw from that week and they were talking as they always do about how bad the show was and they were complaining about our truth saying that John Cena was his childhood hero and he's older than John Cena and they were rationalizing it. As if th- as if Ron Killings is saying literally that John Cena was his childhood hero. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you idiots? Like, you cover this. You know that it's not real. You should know that it's not real. That's the point, is that that's always been the point of his characters? that he says ridiculous things. Like, he comes out in, or, you know, the fact that he thought he had to beat Carmella to get a title shot or whatever, because one of the women had to beat Carmella to get a title shot. Or whether it is him you know coming out to the royal to the royal rumble with like a ladder or whatever the case may be he's always doing that kind of stuff which always leaves him saying like oh my bad that one's on me that's the point of his character is that he's ridiculous and these guys are like well it doesn't make any sense because if you think about it when he would, when John Cena started you know it were probably talking <laughs> 2005 and our truth was not watching Saturday Morning Wrestling. It's like no shit, that's the joke, and they did the same thing about about Seth's promo. I guess it was this past week or maybe the week before, him kind of his quote unquote heel turn and him talking about like the fans turning on him and all this stuff. And they're like, well, well, actually, like the reason the people turned on you is bad booking, and you know that's. That's why the people have turned on you. It's like, yeah, no shit. He's not going to go out there and cut a promo on bad booking because he's a character on the TV show. I'm sure he's well aware why the fans in reality are tired of him. But that's not what you go out there and say on the show. You don't talk about the behind the scenes stuff on the show because that stuff's not supposed to be real. Those guys are just a couple of idiots. Uh, I don't know why anyone listens to anything Dave Meltzer or Brian Alvarez have to say about anything, wrestling or otherwise. Uh, So yes, it was a mistake for me to listen to either uh, of those two
0: clips. Yeah, because truth was in a gauntlet match, that turned the number one contender for the U.S. title. He's like, 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 my hero, John Cena. I'm gonna be the United States twenty four 48 eight seven, I ninety five, I ninety five South champion.
1: <laughs> oh, he is the best. <laughs> yeah, he he threw the south and It was so good. <laughs> so basically, for you, it was so good in 2020. You just need to see them producing a good show.
0: That's all I want. <laughs> like, I'm, like I'm a movie and TV show buff. Like I just want to, I just want to watch, I just want to like see what's going to happen. That's all I want.
1: And that's kind of how I feel is like, I look at it like my free time is limited. Like almost every other adult, we only have so much free time in a day, so much free time in a week. And to me, it's like, it's important how you choose to spend that time. Um, and I don't have enough free time to waste three hours of it on a bad TV show. Honestly, I've used The Walking Dead as an example. The Walking Dead is one hour, and if I DVR it and fast-forward through commercials, I'm through it in 42 minutes. And I got to a point where I was like, I'm not wasting 42 minutes of my week on The Walking Dead anymore, let alone three hours of Raw. Like, that's a lot of time to be wasting, plus two hours with SmackDown. Like... You gotta have, like you either have to have no respect for your own free time or you have to have a ton of free time to be willing to <laughs> devote that much of it to Raw and SmackDown. So I 100% agree that that is the most important thing they could do is make it a good TV show because what other reason is there to watch a TV show than to enjoy it? And there is. I know like former wrestlers and analysts always say this all the time. If you hate it so much, why do you watch it? I think it's just this weird thing where, like, pro wrestling is this very unique type of entertainment. And for years, the only place to get that type of entertainment, for the most part, was WWE. I know Ring of Honor existed in New Japan, but, like, the most readily available was WWE. So, for you to turn your back on Raw meant to turn your back on wrestling. And a lot of people weren't ready to do that. So, do you think maybe in 2020, then, if your your main focus is on watching a good t- TV show, do you think maybe you will just focus on the Wednesday night shows and forget about Mondays and Fridays? Or will you always Possibly. kind of give it a chance?
0: Uh, I'll always give it a chance. Like I said, like it's a three-hour, it's a three-hour three show. Despite it's a two-hour show, the entire three hours, three hours is going to be. Great. Right. As long as you can probably, as long as you can grab three or four things that you enjoyed, I think that's pretty much successful. It's it's a successful, successful show. And that's fine. And that's all I'm looking for. But the things that they're doing, it's not, I'm not finding a lot of enjoyment out of it. There's things I like out of things, but the three or four things that I'm looking at and the three or four main things that you're making seem important, they're just not there.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, Because to me, I feel a little bit vindicated by the fact that you are so disinterested. Where it's like, if even you don't really care, like, I feel like I probably am not wrong. Or I'm not being, like, just miserable. Because there was a period of time here in the last couple months where I was like, I'm just being miserable for no reason. And now I feel (laughs) like, you know what, that's probably not true. It, It probably is warranted. Because I feel like everyone really feels the same way. Um... So, yeah, I've made my New Year's resolution early as far as wrestling is concerned. Uh, Do you have anything else you feel like needs to be discussed or talked about or anything before we close this one out? No, I'm good. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the show with me talking about why the most optimistic wrestling fan that I know is not so optimistic right now. Uh, (laughs) I hope that you are looking forward next week to – uh, us sitting down and giving out our 2019 Matt uh, Madness Awards. I am very curious to see who wins, who takes home the Maddies this year. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm very curious or I'm very excited for everyone to hear uh, who the nominees for everything are. Uh, and yeah, while I, I did promise uh, to start watching live on Wednesday nights in January, I probably will not watch anything. Before the end of the year, because now we're into like peak busy all the time time of the year. Like, we were even just talking before the show about trying to schedule next week's show during the week of Christmas. Like, we're like, oh my, there's like no time to do anything. So I probably won't be watching any wrestling (laughs) the next two weeks. Um, But yes, looking forward to our Matt Madness Awards next week and then our year end show uh, two weeks after. So uh subscribe on iTunes please leave a five-star rating and review if you like uh MMA listen to the your boy Elroy podcast with our co-host Josh Prepnagina. um hopefully we can get the full crew on next week to give out the the Maddie Awards I don't know if we've ever ever had all of us for a Matt Madness Award show I think there's always one person who hasn't no, been here
0: there's always one person Gold.
1: yeah so we'll see next maybe this year will be the first year we get all of us in on the Matt Madness Awards hopefully we do uh, but for Mister Wednesday Night Live, oh, go ahead, Alo, Sorry,
0: I said, this might be this might be a bow tie event.
1: <laughs> I may have to invest in a bow tie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I might actually have one that was part of a tuxedo rental for a wedding a few years ago that I didn't realize till I had already returned the tux wasn't in like the package. So, I might still have a bow tie left over from a wedding. If I have it, I will wear it for the Matt Madness Awards next week. Um, but it was good to be back. Uh, I look <laughs> forward to being back again next week. Alo, thank you again for uh, picking up hosting duties for those two weeks. You filled in remarkably well. Um, for Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope by the Elbow. Got him now, put him down right now. Hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist a Superman, it's a Slam. Here we go again, fans mocking man. Man, I hate my balls, Shut the Mr. McMahon. It ain't safe the land, off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness,
0: awesome well. What I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.